your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 31. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 31. I'm going to be going fast today. You know what that means. That's really fast. Um, this is going to be a weird service. If you're a guest with us this morning, this is going to be a little bit odd. The first half of the sermon is going to be classic sermon. The second half is going to be a workshop. I have handouts. We're going to do a spiritual gifts worksheet. Uh, so you guys can start thinking, how has the Lord wired me to serve? So there's going to be some music playing. Um, hopefully you have a pen. Uh, if you don't have a pen, you could share with someone. Um, yes. And we'll, we'll pass. If you need a pen in a moment, we'll have you raise your hands, you know, halfway through the service. Um, uh, you could use a pencil. As long as it's number two pencil, otherwise it won't show up. <laughs> First Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 31. There's a lot of context in this passage, um, but first I want to I share with you an illustration. Something big happened that you all know about, most of you, sh- most of you should know about, uh, happened November 12th, 1955. It happened at Hill Valley High School in California during a school dance titled Enchantment Under the Sea. There was a band playing some music while the couples danced. It was the Starlighters band featuring Marvin Berry, the cousin of Chuck Berry. They needed a guitarist. So a guitarist named Marty came forward and asked the band to play a blues riff in the background. Marty started to play this incredible music, but then he started to show off a little bit. He got into this thing called the duck walk. Can someone come up here and illustrate that, please? Chuck Berry's duck walk he started to do. And then he got into a little bit of Eddie Van Halen. Peter Townsend, he kicked his his, uh, amp. Agnes Young, he started going crazy. And the crowd at first was enjoying this. And all of a sudden, they're staring at him. And he's just going nuts. He's on the floor playing his guitar. And they're like, whoa. And finally, he realizes... I was completely showing off. Anybody know who this is yet? Anybody have a clue who this is? Marty McFly from Back to the Future? All right. That's who it is in case you're a little slow on the uptake. But he plays like, um, your kids will love it, is what he says. Well, that's kind of the situation going on here. Paul is dealing with an issue of spiritual gifts. And what people in Corinth were doing, they were taking great pride and glory in particular gifts And they were discriminating against and uh, not upholding or uh, finding other gifts to be important in the church. So Paul's addressing them about the importance of different spiritual gifts. And uh, there's many questions we're going to go through this morning. Well, let's dig into the passage and discuss Paul's teaching on spiritual gifts. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers. Now I want to stop there for a minute. The same God who empowers. Do you know what the Greek word is for empowers? Energion. Translate that to English. Energy on. 
the same God empowers. He turns the energy on. He empowers you, uh, empowers them all and everyone. Energy on. He turns the energy on. It's from him that you receive your gifts. It's from him you receive the ability to use your gifts. Question number one. Do all Christians have talents? And if so, what is their purpose? The verse continues, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation can be translated as the shining. If you're a shining fan, you'll connect with that. I'm not going to do an illustration on the shining. But it is a shining of the Spirit. God has given each Christian a gift, a manifestation, empowerment, a gift in which to shine, let the Holy Spirit shine through you. Why? It says here, for the common good. We have these gifts for the common good. Ephesians 4, as Pastor J.D. shared, these gifts are given to us to equip people, to build them up, to help the body be supported, to help the body mature. There's some that evangelize, bring people in with their gifts. Now, when I say evangelism, I don't mean door-to-door necessarily. There's, God has wired many people to evangelize in different ways. Maybe you're a relational evangelist. Maybe you're a confrontational evangelist. Maybe you're a Facebook evangelist. God has wired you uh, differently. Some are to disciple and equip people to help to build up the church, to support the church, to serve others toward maturity in their faith is what Ephesians 4 teaches. Question two, what are some of the talents that God gives? The passage goes on. For to one person is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. The word here really means to apply, discover truth skillfully and practically to life. Utterance of wisdom is someone who is good at applying the truth to practical life. Why go through this passage? See if that's you. If that's you, kind of make a little mark in your scripture. Man, that might be something I'm gifted in. I'm really good at discovering truth, and I'm really good at applying it to life in practical situations. And I'm good at helping other people to apply it to their life. Is that you? Next, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. The utterance of knowledge is the ability to study the word and discover the full meaning of the text and the context. It is the ability, ability to grasp the meaning of God's word, which is a mystery, makes no sense to the natural mind. For instance, on Facebook, uh, I've noticed with the refugee situation, there's a lot of people quoting Leviticus. Anybody see that on Facebook? Anybody on Facebook? There's a lot of back and forth. You should take in refugees in the United States because Leviticus says so. And I'm thinking... That's out of context. There's a lot of preachers, there's a lot of teachers, possibly myself at times, who take verses out of context. They twist things to fit their agenda. Hitler used scripture to support killing Jewish people because, after all, didn't they kill the Christ? That was his, that was his word he used. A lot of people use scripture out of context. The person with the gift of knowledge is good at studying, discovering the full meaning and how 
a passage is rightly used in context. What the passage really is saying. Is that you? Then to another, faith by the same spirit. We're not talking about saving faith, but we're talking about here a strong, amazing faith. The faith of martyrs, I guess. Uh, Paul had this faith. There was a shipwreck that he was facing, and he encouraged the troops that he's like, don't worry about it. Not a, no one's going to lose their life. We're all going to be fine. That takes extraordinary faith. Peter had extraordinary faith to step off the boat, didn't he? Would you guys walk on top of a lake because Jesus said so? Most likely not. Maybe you would because you have faith. Peter had faith for about four seconds. He lost that. But he had extraordinary faith to get outside of the boat. George Mueller started China Inland Mission. He started an orphanage without resources. He went to China with the firm belief, God will take care of the needs that I need to go there. He had incredible, supernatural, powerful faith. Is that your gift? Moving on. To another gifts, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit. Now, I would say gifts of healing. You don't see many people in church today going around laying hands and healing people legitimately. You know what I mean? You don't see that much today. Um, People have different opinions on this, but I would say it's definitely an apostolic gift. The apostles were able to lay hands on people and heal them. You might see it occasionally today uh, during prayer meetings. Uh, I've seen many people healed during prayer meetings, during quiet, humble prayer meetings. You might see it on the front lines of unreached peoples where God is establishing a message and you're seeing strong displays of his power. I could tell you stories of missionaries who have seen people risen from the dead. But that's on the front lines. Here we don't need the fireworks because we know what the truth is already. Although God does it sometimes. Some, he used gifts of healing as a sign to people. To another, the working of miracles. Uh, For instance, turning water into wine when Jesus did that. Um, These working of miracles are operations of power. Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas had the gift of working miracles. Peter took a coin from a fish's mouth to pay taxes one time. Anybody want that gift? (laughs) I've seen a lot of you guys this week. (laughs) Those are huge gifts. Now, miracles, let's be honest here, there's a lot of things people call miracles that are maybe circumstantial. When we're talking about miracles in this passage, we're talking about things that are supernatural, things that are above the natural order of things. We're talking about the real miracles, not things that you manipulate to make sound like miracles so you feel like God loves you. We're talking about the real supernatural miracles here. To another, prophecy. Prophecy means to speak forth God's word, to proclaim, public speaking. Uh, Now, since the canon of Scripture is complete, uh, it is really, um, if, if someone comes to you and says, I have a word from the Lord for you, is that... Or I have a word from the Lord for the church. Is that word authoritative to the church? 
because someone says it. It's not. The canon, the scripture is authoritative to the church. Now, if someone comes, which I've had people come to me before and say, I have a word from the Lord. My response is usually, great. If you feel you have a word from the Lord, I'm going to be open-minded about this. Why don't you come meet with the shepherds, the elders, and share that, and we'll discern if that's from the Lord or not. We're going to test the spirits on that. There's a lot of people going around uh, with words, special words from the Lord. But it's not authoritative to our life. Better yet, have someone uh, come with scripture in a situation. So a person with the gift of prophecy is someone, in my belief, that is able to boldly, lovingly, and clearly share. They're great at sharing scripture. They're great at speaking God's word specifically into your situation. They're annoying people. Prophets are always annoying people. What do they do to the prophets in the New Testament or in the Old Testament? What do they do to them? Why? They're annoying. That's right. <laughs> prophets is the kind of person that they'll see you doing something. You're about to hang yourself and they'll come up and say, you shouldn't commit adultery. That's wrong what you're doing. Now, let's be honest. Most people don't want truth telling into their life. Most people want someone to agree with them, to encourage them, to make them feel good about themselves. You know what I mean? That's why Joel Steen has a huge church. He says a lot of nice things that are positive. I like a couple of his quotes here and there. JD, don't kill me yet. <laughs> this one. I like some of it, but I don't want a steady diet of that. I want someone, I like prophets in my life, someone who's going to say, Jeff, what you're doing is lame. I want that in my life because if I don't have someone speaking in my life, I might hang myself. I know I have blind spots. And hopefully you like prophets. Hopefully you're not one of the people who only wants people to agree with you. But the prophet is the person uh, who speaks into people's lives truth. Now they got to balance that with love. And that's something prophets need to work on. But is that you? Is that a gift? It's not a gift of opinion, by the way. It's sharing forth God's word in a particular situations. Now, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. What does that mean? That means to have discernment, to have judicial estimation. 1 John 4, 1, the Bereans in Acts 17, they studied Paul's words to see if it was true or not. It's the special ability to recognize air and lying spirits. It's the spirit's watchdog, so to speak. This person's gifted with that. They can sniff out twistedness. When someone's using scripture and twisting it, just like Satan did, they're good at discerning, no, that's not what God says in this situation. Now, in cultures where Christianity is persecuted... This gift isn't as important. But in this culture where Christianity is somewhat popular, that's when you start getting people who make a living off the gospel. So they'll say things and they'll twist things. You ever hear Mike Murdoch on TV? Or um, Peter Popoff used to be one. Who are some other evangelists who were very twisted? There's a whole bunch of them. Just turn on you know, Trinity Broadcasting. There's tons of these people who they preach and it sounds good. I was listening to Creflo Dollar this morning. For about three minutes. And he was talking about we're saved through faith by the blood of Jesus. I said to Benjamin, well, he's right about that, definitely. 
But you know what's going to happen within the next 10 minutes? He's going to get so twisted and manipulate people to give him money. Distinguishing between spirits, sometimes that's easy. But in a culture where Christianity is accepted, it takes special people with special gifts to be able to help the church function to tell truth from error. To another, various kinds of tongues. Uh, That is speaking in languages you haven't learned. Uh, The Jewish New Testament commentary says this. Um, I don't believe that's normative for the church today to be speaking in tongues. I have a friend of mine, a professor at Moody, who, here's why I think tongues is biblical in this context. He was talking to some Native Americans in the United States, a tribe of people who didn't know English. And as he was speaking the gospel to this tribe, he didn't really need the interpreter, was there to interpret what he was saying. The people understood. They thought he was speaking, which he was kind of in a sense. He's speaking English, he's thinking. They're understanding his uh, vocals, his sound in their own language. But he's on the front line and he's sharing Christ with an unreached people group in that situation. There's an issue where I think tongues, um, at least in this passage, is legit. That's a different sermon, and we can really dig into that. And to another, the interpretation of those tongues. Question three. Do we get to pick and choose what gifts we have? The verse goes on. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of the one spirit. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. It got me thinking, um, as I was studying this week, God arranged me to be at harvest. God arranged McVeigh's, you guys, to be at harvest. I could go on and on. God arranged you to be here for such a time as this. He put you here in this church for his purposes, for his kingdom's sake. Now, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. But God has so comprised, composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers... All suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, question number four. What are some more of the talents that God gives us? Uh, Larry Gilbert from Team Ministry says this. Spiritual gifts are God's tools and are created by God to fulfill the task. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church, first, apostles, second, prophets, Third, teachers. Fourth, then miracles. Fifth, then gifts of healing. Sixth, helping. Seventh, administrating. And eighth, various kinds of tongues. Paul is listing uh, tongues last in priority here, most likely to make a point. Tongues was way out of balance in the church at this time. It was a badge. It was a mark of the Holy Spirit was tongues. 
You see that in some churches today. Someone came up to me and said, are you a believer? I said, yes. Are you baptized in the Spirit? I said, yes. Do you speak in tongues? I said, no. And uh, they don't know this, but I've spent, you know, I've heard about you're supposed to be speaking in tongues if you're a Christian from different uh, charismatic groups. And I remember thinking, Lord, and praying and fasting, Lord, if you want me to speak in tongues, I am open to speaking in tongues. And I fasted and prayed for several days. And near the end of it, I had a thought come to my mind. And it wasn't an audible voice, but just a thought. Jeff, your tongue is to proclaim my word. And I knew, man, it, that seems like the Lord. And I, I quit the, stopped the fasting. I thought, there's the answer to that question. So the person, when they said, do you speak in tongues? I said, yeah, I, I, I speak God's word. And I know I'm a child of God because I knew they were going to come up with that one next. The Spirit testifies. This person was basically saying, in order to be a Christian, you ought to be speaking in tongues like I do. And I'm thinking, I do not see that in the scripture. Verse 29 says this. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. What's the answer to the questions that he asks? Is it yes, all have our apostles? Yes, all speak in tongues? The answer is no. Not all have all the gifts. Now, there seems to be two groups of gifts here, speaking gifts and serving gifts. However, one who speaks ought to still serve at times, right? <laughs> they ought to help set up tables. And one who serves is not dismissed from discipling their kids and speaking truth to other people's lives, right? There are equipping and there are helping gifts, both to build up the body so that people become more and more like Jesus. Whatever we do, we do to the glory of God and to build up his body, the church. It is like a symphony that was shared before J.D. was sharing, I'll bring it together, of our few weeks of his sermon, where everybody's doing their own thing. And when the Lord says, it's time to start using your gifts, it's time to start playing your instrument, the people pay attention to it. And they play sweet music and perfect melody, perfect song together. If you've ever been to a symphony, you know the chaos until the conductor comes up and says, it's time to use your gifts. It's time to play your instrument. So my, my thought to us this morning is, some of you guys are already playing your instruments. You guys are doing great. You're like the first two men in the story I shared last week. You are investing the resources God's given you to build the kingdom. By the way, in Psalm 139, the Bible teaches that we're knit together in our mother's womb. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. God has wired you. God has put you together to use your, the gifts he's given you in a unique way. Because you're not Billy Graham or speak like him doesn't mean you're not an evangelist, right? You could do evangelism many different ways, for instance. So God wants you to play the instrument that he's given you, that people come to know the Lord and grow up in him. And when that happens, how sweet it is to be a part of the body of Christ. So what I want to do is this. We're going to break up uh, into a session now, um, kind of a time where I'll play some music. I have a worksheet, and I need some volunteers, four volunteers, to use their gifts of serving. Anybody? 
Come on forward. Four guys come on forward, and I need, or four people come on forward to pass out some papers. Uh, this is a time where you want a pen. If you don't have a pen, Ben, can you hand out pens? Raise your hand, and Ben will get you a pen. Um, but, men, if you could take these and just pass one out to everybody. I'll explain it to you in a moment. Some people might, you might be thinking here, I have no idea what my spiritual gift is. I don't know what instrument I play. This is the goal of this. It's not, this is a worksheet, okay? This is a tool to help you to start to think about how has the Lord wired me, okay? Now, I'll wait a minute until it's handed out, I guess. Megan wants a pen. Pen's so nice. I would have thrown it. Yeah, one for everybody. We should have enough. This is a basic tool to help you start to think through what your gifts may be. Um, one other ways to figure out what your gifts are are to simply start serving now. Plug in with something that pricks your interest. Get involved. Uh, there was a guy at Camp Raybird who wanted to work with inner city kids his whole life. And while he was probably Thursday of the week, um, I saw him packing up his car. And I said, well, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm out of here. I don't like kids. I'm out of here. And I said, praise the Lord, let me help you pack. Because he's realizing this is not his area that God has put him in. Now, he was halfway through college. <laughs> At least he didn't finish all the way, then realized he just wasted, you know, $50 billion on college. But this is a tool to help you start to discover, here's how the Lord has wired you through the Holy Spirit. For each one of these, um, you're going to put a one if it's not you, you're like, nope, that is not me. I have no passion for lost souls. Be honest with yourself. No, that's not me. Or two, yeah, yeah a little bit. They're okay. I, I don't mind reaching out. Or three, we need to save everybody, and everybody ought to be doing this. So one is not really, not you at all. Three is, this is totally you. So work through that. I'll give you guys about one minute. And then, <laughs> just kidding. Now, here's the hard part. I'm going to grade each of these this week. So put your name on the back of it and rip off. Well, don't rip off. Keep it together. Your name and email address are a way to get a hold of you. Um, and I will fill out the rest. I'll get it back to you next week on Sunday. I'll probably be up here and you can come get it. Um, I'll grade these and kind of give you descriptions of the different gifts. I have like a grading thing. It would be too hard to do that in here this morning. So go ahead and work on that. Any questions? No.
give you about 10, 15 minutes to do this.
Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Okay, number 12 is confusing. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. be done with question number 10 by now in my wrestling in my doubts in my failures you won't walk out your great love will lead me through 
You are the peace in my troubled sea. Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea. In the silence, you won't let go. In the questions, your truth will hold. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you.
we'll wrap this up. Uh, like I said, the, the top gifts, the top and secondary, I have a grade sheet at home. I could, I'll do that this week and write down what you scored highest in secondary. You don't have to do that. Um, yeah, this is kind of an odd thing we don't normally do here, by the way, is turn this into a classroom because uh, it's more for exp- expositing God's word. But I figured this would be, um, we kind of talked about, I figured this would be a good thing, why everybody's here to kind of get your focus on that. So continue that. And when you're done with it, after service is over, uh, we're going to close off with some songs in a little bit. Um, just put them up here and I'll take them home with me uh, and get those back to you. Uh, excited to do that this week with you guys and pray over you guys as well uh, this week. So a little outside the box, so forgive me for that. I want to close, though, with a testimony from Sharon Sparks. As you know, Sharon's been dealing with some health issues, and this is a great example of how people in our church use their gifts to bless and come around people and care for them and walk with them um, through hard times and uh, encourage them in their faith to keep their eyes on Jesus. So let me share this from her. She says, I have been on an adventure these past few months, one where my faith has been tested to the fullest. There were times when I felt God right beside me, and times I felt he was far away. Times when I wanted to take a handful of pills and end it all. But that's when God would send me an angel and give me hope to carry on. I know my prayers were answered because someone would call or bring food by or come and do something we needed done. God knows when you are in need and what is needed. I have missed my church family, and I am so glad to get back among the living. I thank each and every one of you. You are such a loving family, and God will bless each of you. Thanks again. That is the body of Christ using their gifts to help people walk through life. That, the purpose of gifts isn't to make make this place some huge place. That's not the goal. The goal is to walk alongside struggling people and help them mature in Christ. And as you do that, people will grow because it's spirit-empowered and it's spirit-led. And it's a great blessing to be a part of watching someone walk through a hard time and partnering alongside of them. So done in very many different ways. Uh, Sharon's probably got some verses, you got some verses read to you, some people just praying with you. So there's the teacher, there's the prayer warrior, uh, some people serving you, the gift of helps. You're seeing all these different gifts come into play in one person's life. That's, where it's, that's what spiritual gifts are for. So let's pray, and then the worship team will come up and close us in song. Father, we are broken people. We are created by you, but yet we're affected by sin. And in comes fear and insecurities and, and waywardness and proneness to wander. But you're the people we u- that you use. We are the people that you use. Your spirit empowers us. Your spirit emboldens us. Your spirit helps us to help other people and to glorify your name. I thank you so much that you use us. Father, I pray that you would let our church know, uh, let people here know this morning, myself included, how you're going to use us, where you want to use us, Lord. 
And Father, we do it alone for your glory so that your name, your great name, will be lifted high. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.